It's time for each and every one of us today to reflect and to prepare our hearts for the celebration of Easter. And so today and over the next five weeks, I'm going to share with you the I am's of Jesus. As I was preparing a couple of weeks ago for this, and, and though I wasn't able to be here last Sunday because of illness, uh, as I had been preparing and, and looking at this, I, it, just, it just really hit me that so many times we forget that Jesus is the I am. Amen? We, we do. We, we, try to, we try to do things on our own, and, and we forget that Jesus said, I am. And so I want to read uh, out of uh, John chapter 6, uh, reading verses uh, 35 through 40, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Isn't that an awesome promise, folks? <laughs> that if, when we come to him, he's never going to drive us away. We may turn away from him, but he's never going to drive us away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I am, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Father, again, we come to you. We thank you for this time that we have. I pray, Lord, that you would touch this man this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would give me words to say, Father, beyond the notes that I have in front of me. I pray, Lord, that you would give us listening ears to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to our hearts. I pray, God, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. As I mentioned just a few moments ago, I'm going to share with you, there are the seven I am's. I'm going to share with you over the next five weeks, the five, first five I am's, and then we will have Palm Sunday and Easter, the first two Sundays in April, and then I'll finish up the last two I am's, the last two Sundays in April. And I want you to know this morning that these seven I am's that Jesus talks about through the book of John, is, it's, it's more than just a novelty of this fourth gospel. They reveal in its fullness, in its fullness, the identity of Jesus. He tells people, he tells the children of Israel, he tells those people, I am, this is who I am. Now, let me, I want to go back into Exodus chapter 3, verses 13, 14, and, and listen to this. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? 
Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This happens in the third chapter of Exodus where Moses saw the burning bush up on the mountain. And he went to the mountain. And he saw that the bush was burning and yet it wasn't burning. Remember, God told Moses, take off your shoes. Take off your sandals because you are on holy ground. And as God revealed himself to Moses on the mountain, he asked, who, what is your name? When the children of Israel asked, who is it that sent, who sent me? Who am I supposed to say? And God said, I am. I am. And Jesus said the very same thing, revealing to us that, that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are the three in one, the Trinity that we believe in. For Jesus to make those kind of statements that he says, I am. You see, it explains his name, Jehovah. And this is what it signifies. It signifies that he is self-existent. That he has his being in himself. Nobody created God. God has been and always will be. So he is in himself. That he is eternal and unchangeable. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. That he is incomprehensible. Listen, folks, our finite minds cannot understand totally who God is because he's so incomprehensible. Our, our minds just can't fathom how great God is because he is so great. We have finite minds and we can get to a certain point and we just can't understand. He is incomprehensible that he is faithful and true to all his promises what i read in that sixth chapter of john where he says that but i told you that uh for i've come down to you from heaven do not know your will but the will the father who sent me that i will not lose you is a promise let and then he said let israel know this I am, and there is no one else besides me. You see, I am is a, a clear declaration, a, a statement of who God is. In John eight fifty eight, Jesus made this statement about himself to the Jewish people. It was very profound. As he not only claims his existence before Abraham some 2,000 years previous, but he also equates himself with God in that reference to Exodus 3.14. Notice this. John 8.58 reads this way. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. I am. Am. What's he telling the people? He's telling them that from the very get-go, that I have been there. I was there when God created the world, and I'm still here. 
And notice that Jesus didn't say, I was, or I could be, or I may be, or I will be. He just said it straight out, I am, as he expressed the eternity of his being and oneness with the Father. These declarations not only tell who Jesus is, his character and his purpose, but it affirms his status as God himself and his work in the lives of his people. I want to read to you again John 6.35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I don't know how, how many of you have been to Golden Corral in Rapid City. They're on the east side in a great place to eat. All the food you can eat for about 10 or 12 bucks, right? You can tell I do my share of eating, right? But one of the awesome things about going to Golden Corral is their buns. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you, you pick them up, and they're so soft, and they, they have that honey butter all over them. I know I'm making you hungry, right? And they got that honey butter all over them, and, man, you take a bite into it, and it just melts in your mouth, and it's just like, ooh, I got to have, have more. I got to have more. I got to have more. And, and, and isn't that awesome to be, able to be able to have? I remember when my grandmother used to bake bread, it, the smell would waft all through Grandma's house. I mean, it would just, it would just be... And, and you just couldn't wait for grandma to pull that bread out of the oven. And you wanted some right then. And just, no, 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 no. You have to wait. Let it cool off a little bit. But Oh, but when it's warm, the butter just melts all over. Doesn't it? Oh, isn't it so good? And I got to thinking about that. About how Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And that bread... That physical bread that we can eat that sustains our bodies. Jesus, the bread of life, sustains us spiritually because he is the bread of life. If we were to go back to the early part of John chapter 6, Jesus showed. Uh, if, if you read in the, the first, uh, looks like the first 15, 16 verses of John chapter 6 where he feeds the 5,000. I mean, Jesus could provide for the crowd's physical needs when they were hungry. But providing for their physical needs didn't even compare with him providing for their spiritual needs. And they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. Why? Their minds and their thoughts were on the physical and Jesus was trying to tell them, there's more to this life than just the physical. I'm coming here to take care of your spiritual needs because I am the bread of life. They were looking for a sign greater than the manna that had accompanied Moses' ministries. See, Back in Jesus' day, there was, a popular, there was a popular Jewish expectation that when the Messiah would come, that he would renew the sending of the manna. And the crowd who was following Jesus was probably thinking the same thing. They might have thought that, hey, you know, 
Jesus really hasn't done much. All he did was feed 5,000 plus, and you figure that, that there were women and children there. Uh, some theologians believe there could have been anywhere from 15 to 20, maybe even 25,000 people that were there that day with five loaves and two fish. Ah, Jesus hadn't done much. He just did it. He just did it for 5,000 people. Moses did it for 40 years. He gave ordinary bread. Moses, Moses gave bread from heaven. But Jesus corrected them. And he pointed out that the manna in the desert did not come from Moses, but it came from God. I am. And that the Father still gives. And I want you to notice the present tense. That the Father still gives the true bread from heaven, which is only found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said that anyone who comes to him will never go hungry or believes in him would never go thirsty. And the use of the present tense is something that is a continuous action. And it still bodes true for today. That he is still the bread of life. He is still the wellspring of life. He is still satisfies our hunger and he satisfies our thirst because he is the bread of life. He is that wellspring of life. It's funny that this happened 2,000 years ago and it still holds true for us today. That, that we don't have to go away hungry and thirsty because he comes and he satisfies our soul. He satisfies our soul. No, nothing, no one else in this world can satisfy but Jesus. There's an old hymn I grew up with in the Nazarene church and, and the title of the hymn is Only Jesus Can Satisfy Your Soul. Only Jesus can come and make you whole. Only Jesus, the I am. My sermon last week was in John 4 about the Samaritan woman that Nola did for me. She was being offered living water. She was being offered living water, and, and, and she didn't understand to begin with. And Jesus told her that he was the living water. And it started to sink in. It started to sink in. And these people who were following Jesus after the feeding of the 5,000, they, they couldn't understand what Jesus was saying. They couldn't comprehend. And even later in this chapter... They started grumbling about him saying that he was the bread that came down from heaven. I asked myself, what makes Jesus this bread? What makes Jesus this bread? So I thought of some ways that kind of answer this question. The first one is, he will befriend you. He will befriend you. Proverbs 18, 24 says this, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let me tell you what, folks. You may not have a friend 
You may not think you have a friend on this earth, but I'm here to tell you, you have one, and his name is Jesus. Amen? His name is Jesus. And he's going to be there for you every time. My cousin and I, uh, three months apart, Randy was born in July of 56. I was born in October 56. And, and we, we were, even though we were first cousins, we were more like brothers. I mean, we did everything together. Uh, uh, we played ball together. We just, I mean, it was just usually when you saw Randy, you saw me. Or if you saw me, you saw Randy. We were just, we were just that way. And, and even today, he pastors, he pastors the church that we grew up in. He's been there for 23 years, pastoring my home church. And, and every now and then, we don't, we don't talk as much as we used to, obviously, but, but every now and then, I'll give him a call and just say, hey, Randy, how's things going? You know, uh, how's life going? How's the church going? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, we start reminiscing. And that way it usually is, hey, hey, you, hey, do you remember, do you remember when uh, the Holy Spirit fell on, on our church service? And uh, remember, uh, Joe got up and he ran on the backs of the, the seats all the way down to the front of the church. Never missed a beat. Never kicked anybody in the head. And start remembering how, how God just would fall upon our services. And we would see the altar lined with people. Remember those days? For those of you who have been following the Asbury Revival, I can't even tell you how many, how many photos I saw of people praying and calling out to God for his touch. Oh, that, that we would be a people, that we would cry out to the great I am, the, the I am, the bread of life, the bread of life in Jesus, that we would say, Lord, send us that man let the holy spirit fall upon us so that we can be a people that can shout and say glory to god and hallelujah and not be ashamed of it he will befriend you he will refresh you the psalmist says unless the lord had given me help i soon i would soon have dwelt in the silence of death and when i said my foot is sleeping your love O lord supported me and when the anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Listen, folks. All of us need to be refreshed from time to time. We, we need to take that time. You know, Jesus did it quite often. Sometimes we as pastors, we think we can just keep going. Phew, phew. We just got an engine that's never going to quit. And then we're reminded that just as the Son of God needed time away, so we as pastors need time away. And we need that time of refreshing, and you do too. That's, a lot of times that's why we take vacations you know, through the summertime, is, is to, to get refreshed, to, to kind of put things in perspective. Because when we're caught up in it all the time, we lose perspective, don't we? And we forget who the bread of life is. We forget who the great I am is. But he will be there to refresh us. Not only that, but he'll be there to assist you. Hebrews 4 says, 
Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Listen, folks, somebody tells you that Jesus sinned, you point him to this passage of Scripture and tell him, no, he did not. Let us then approach the throne of grace with what? Confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Listen, folks. We all, we all go through times where we can't make it. And, and it's great that you have family that's here. But you have a church family that wants to support you as well. And folks, you are mine and Brenda's family. Brenda and I haven't lived around our blood family in 30 years. We've been all over the United States serving God, pastoring, doing what God has called us to do. And every church that we've gone to, you become our family. And we become part of your family. I can't have, tell you how many Christmases and Thanksgivings and Easter and uh, all kinds of stuff, birthdays and anniversaries that we've been a part of, and we went and we didn't know but two or three people. And yet, they accepted us as part of that because that's what we are. Remember, Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote the song, The Family of God? That we are all, we are all the family of God. And, and when we need it the most, he will be there to help us. He will be there for us. This is not part of my sermon notes, but in the 13th chapter of Hebrews, in the 5th verse says that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And that's the promise that we have today. He will always be there for us. And there are times, folks, that we can't, always, we can't always hear him and we can't always see him. But he's there. He's there. You have to know, you have to by faith believe that he said he would be there and he is there even though I can't see it and I can't hear it. I believe it. And then he will defend you. Paul writes, Timothy, he says, for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. Some 2,000 years ago, we're going to be celebrating Easter, second Sunday in April. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to bat for you, and he went to bat for me. And he took the sins of the world upon his shoulders and suffered such excruciating pain. I have, I have a, a list in my office, my notes. A physician looked at the crucifixion, and just what he reads from God's word and to, and shares the things that Jesus physically went through. And when you read it, it will bring you to 
tears to know that he did all this for you and I so that we might have life. He will defend you. He is, let me, let me say this in the present, he is defending you even today. Amen. He is defending you. And as we think about Jesus being the bread of life, I want to share this recurring theme that happens through the book of John. The will of the Father is made effective to man through his Son, and the result is eternal life. Jesus does the will of his Father, found in verse 38. He says, I have, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And because of Christ's perfect performance of the Father's will, God's plan for man is this, full fellowship with Christ. Isn't that awesome, folks? We, we don't deserve it, do we? We don't deserve, we have fellowship with him. Anywhere, anytime, any place. Doesn't make any difference. We have fellowship with him. When, when I, I love the winter time when the sky's clear. And you just, you don't have to go very far out of town for those who, who live out of town from the light pollution to see the stars to see the Milky Way. I, I remember the first time I ever saw the Milky Way at the Grand Canyon. Brenda and Christopher and I, we went camping and, and I remember it was dark and we were sitting in our lawn chairs and, and we were looking up and, and you could just see the Milky Way. It was so beautiful. And the God who created all the expanse that you see in the heavens and all that you see on this earth wants to fellowship with you and me. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but it gives me chill bumps. Thinking that, that God wants to fellowship with me. He wants to be a friend. Remember the old hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. That he would care so much for us. He also, God's plan is that for guidance and grace for those who come and therefore keep faith in him. You're not walking this road alone, folks. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. There are times, there are times where you feel like you are all by yourself. That, that every step you take is a lonely step. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. It's not true. Because as long as we keep our faith in him, he will guide our steps. And eternal life, that is life at its highest here and now, which we call the sanctified life. That we, we as Wesleyans, we believe in two works of grace. We believe in salvation, that we get saved and then we believe in the second word of grace where we are sanctified, where everything that we are, everything that we ever hope to be is given to him. And then the purpose for that is to be able to serve him to the best of our ability to serve him, to be that bread of life for him to be able to share Jesus and to share that bread with those who are around us so that we might have eternal life. And listen, folks. 
First Thessalonians 4.3 says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. And folks, it's not because of anything that you have done. And it's not because of anything that I've done. But it's only because of God's grace. Because folks, every one of us here today who call ourselves saved and sanctified through the precious blood of Jesus, all we are is sinners saved by grace. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 these words, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Folks, you have to believe through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Everything we are, folks. Jesus, Jesus came to be that bread of life for you and I. And not only for that, but for us to share that bread with people who are around us. People who are around us. People who maybe once knew the way and have drifted away. For those who maybe have never known what it's like to have the joy of the Lord in their hearts. And to be able to share that bread with them. I want to close this morning with this acronym of bread. B. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God sent to save you. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God sent to save you are receive his forgiveness receive his forgiveness sometimes folks that's hard it's hard to receive his forgiveness when we can't forgive ourselves for the things that we have done but we have to come to that point where we say i forgive myself because you have forgiven me e exchange your unrighteous life for the righteous. Listen, folks, the things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Why? Because I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, what you see on the outside is, is still here, but what's on the inside has been changed. It has been changed. I'm not going to be the same person that I was. In the town that I grew up in, it was 15,000, 16,000 people, uh, Connorsville, Indiana, and, and we, had a, we had, everybody knew a Willie. He was the town drunk. I mean, he was the town drunk. Whenever you saw him, he was, he was constantly sauced. And I remember one Sunday night, he came into the church. And the church I grew up in is kind of like most churches. Everybody sits in the back. You know, and he he made his way down the middle aisle, about two thirds of the way down, and just plopped down. And you could smell the booze all over him. And some of some of the folks were looking at each other and saying, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do?" And our pastor just kept kept preaching, kept preaching the word. 
kept telling the church that God is a God who saves to the uttermost. He doesn't make any difference where you've been or what you're doing or how you are right now. He's the great I am. He's the bread of life. He wants us to give life to people. And I remember my pastor gave an altar call and he went up to Willie. And he said, Willie, come pray. He got up out of his seat and came to an altar and he prayed through and he found Jesus. And when he left, when he left, he was in his right mind. He wasn't stoned. He wasn't drunk. He was in his right mind. And I remember that night when he left. Well, before he left, he got up and testified and said, I don't know what happened. I just know that I've been changed. I've been changed through the power of God. And as he left that Sunday evening, all through the week, people around town was like, what happened to Willie? What happened to Willie? He's not going, he's not going to Mousy's. Mousy's was the bar, what big bar in town, and he's not at Mousy's anymore. He's almost all he almost lives there. Where where is he? Where is he? Where is he? You know where he was? He was reacquainting himself with his family and apologizing and asking for forgiveness. You see, he knew that God had already forgiven him. He knew that God had forgiven him, but he needed to ask forgiveness of his wife and his family and his brothers and his sisters. You know what? Willie, Willie became such a saint of God. And people would, around town, you'd see him in the grocery store and be, isn't that Willie the drunk? And if he would hear and he says, not Willie the drunk anymore, but Willie the husband, Willie the father, and Willie the Christian. Bread. You know, when we receive his righteousness, it changes us. A, allow him to have access to your life. And D, decide to follow where he leads you. Listen, folks. This road that Brenda and I have been on for almost 30 years, June to be 30 years, we've been in full-time ministry, has led us to different corners of this country. We have met so many different people. And you know the one thing that you all have in common is that you know the bread of life. You know the great I am. You know Jesus said that I am the bread of life. And he who comes after me will never hunger again. Will never hunger again. And folks, that's what you have common. With all the churches that I've pastored, all the people that I've met, because we are the family of God.
And we know this morning the great I am. Father, again, we come to you, Lord. Thankful for your Holy Spirit this morning. couldn't do what I've done this morning without your help. And I pray, Father, for, for those here under the sound of my voice, those who are watching online this morning, I just pray, Lord, that you would help each and every one of us to reach out. May we call out to the great I am, the bread of life. And Father, may, may we share this manna, Father, with those who are around us, for those who are, are hungry. They're hungry for something, Lord. May we share with them Jesus. In whatever manner, whatever respect, Father, that we do. We thank you, God, because we know that you are here with us, and we know that you have your hand upon us, and we know that you love us. I pray, God, that you would just be with us this day. Father, as we reflect, as we look at ourselves, Father, your word tells us to, to, to look at ourselves, to see if we're in the faith, Father, to, to make sure that everything is where it needs to be. As we move through this season of Lent, Father, I ask God that you would reveal yourself to us in ways that maybe we've never seen before. And Father, when these physical bodies get hungry and we eat some bread or whatever, may we not forget that the spiritual body gets hungry as well. And may we dwell upon the bread of life. Father, thank you for your touch upon us this morning. I pray, Father, in these few moments yet, while every head's bowed and every eye's closed this morning, I just feel compelled by the Holy Spirit. To, there's someone here this morning just that says, Pastor Ray, and if you're online, uh, just pray for me. I want to know more about Jesus. I want, I want to be the person that he's called me to be. I want to be what God wants me to be and not what I want. If you're here this morning, nobody looking around. I'm the only one that sees. If you just raise your hand real quick and put it back down. Anyone here this morning? Just want to say, hey, I see that hand. Anyone else? Any other hand? Just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I really need some prayer right now. There's struggles in my life and there's things going on and I don't know how I'm going to get through them, but I just need some extra prayer. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else? I see that. Father, again, we thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each one that's here this morning. For those who've been watching online, I pray, God, that you would just Touch each and every one of us. And may we remember that you are the great I am, the bread of life. For we ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.